0: and insightful in any way, shape, or form. And I thank you very much for listening. Now let's get started. According to the Dictionary of Oxford, or Oxford for Advanced Learners, a scapegoat is... It's someone who is blamed for something bad that somebody else has done, or that somebody else um, may have caused some sort of failure. So someone is basically blamed for someone else, uh, someone else's wrongdoing or failure. Um, a scapegoat is in the narcissistic family or group of friends or workplace contexts is someone who is not a flying monkey. The scapegoat is the opposite, in fact, of a flying monkey to the narcissist. They do not agree with the rules and establishments of the narcissist, and therefore they are shunned. They're pretty much isolated. And they made... Um, they're made as people who do not fit. They do not belong. Now, according to, uh, Dr. Les Carter, uh, he has a YouTube channel called, uh, Narcissism, uh, Surviving Narcissism, I guess. Uh, he's a, he's a psychotherapist. He's very professional and he knows what he's talking about on his YouTube channel. He has a lot of uh, topics similar to this, so I encourage you to f- to subscribe to his channel and uh, learn more about this. He mentions that there's a wide array of circumstances where we can uh, come across narcissistic people. They can be these people can be in the familial context, the friends. Uh, Context or in the workplace context and uh, They can be anyone with any kind of color any kind of skin color any kind of uh, you know origin uh, Sex they can be male or female They can be anybody they can be um, uh, their boss the colleague a friend uh, even parents or siblings They can be anybody where somebody's a narcissistic and they're dominant and they have people supporting them and supporting their agenda. And someone, for some reason, uh, doesn't agree with their authority and then they're just basically made fun of. They're poked at and they made... um, Pretty much outsiders. He mentioned um, in one of his videos, um, I think titled 7 Ways a, Nar- a Scapegoating Narcissist Puts You in Your Place. He mentioned 8 uh, ways that a scapegoating narcissist may actually do this to uh, to a person that they label as a scapegoat is narcissists will tell lies about you now narcissists are people who love to lie and they love to make up things because they want to make sure that uh that person who does not agree with them gets you know uh gets the karma quote unquote they get to pay for not agreeing with the narcissist not following the leadership of the narcissist in other words um according to the narcissist it's the alternate reality that suits them that will make them believe things that are wrong about the scapegoat and they will tell others how bad the scapegoat is how unfitting and how you know stupid worthless and you know, really um, odd the scapegoated person is. This is the first kind of uh, way that a narcissist will place put someone in their place. A narcissist uh, also treats the person who they exclude from the group as an invisible entity basically they will consider them as um they're just not there you know they they have this conversation where they include every single flying monkey and the scapegoat is sitting there like uh am i in this group anymore do i belong in here like hello can you see me and to the narcissist it's basically um the punishment that they are giving to the scapegoat because they, quote-unquote, deserve this punishment because they don't agree with them in the first place. They don't see things the way they see it, so they're going to treat them as invisible creatures. Um, They might do this by giving them silent treatment, being passive-aggressive with them, um, ignoring them uh, one minute and then the next minute reply with a word. You know they, they'll they do this stupid stuff to um, make the scapegoated person pay a third way is that they might interpret the person as emotionally unstable they will contribute this to their personality they will tell them hey you've got a really bad temper you really got, you really have a bad personality uh, trait in you." you people don't appreciate you how come you're so mentally ill you should go to to the hospital or something you should go to an asylum and get treated like you're so abnormal and they make this person feel like they are mentally stable when and the narcissist and as well as their flying monkeys the healthy when the truth is it's the opposite and uh, it's only to make the scapegoated person question their sanity and their um, temper because they love to toy with the um, fa- the flying monkeys, of course, because they want them to support them all the time and um, praise them and show them approval and validation. And they want to shun the scapegoated person because... Uh, They just want to present the best picture and the best image of themselves in front of the world and ruin that of the scapegoat. A fourth way they can uh, place the scapegoated person into their place is that they can make a gossip or they can start a gossip campaign about that person with people who matter to them. Not the narcissist, but the people who matter to the scapegoat. In other words, they can um, start a gossip, a smear campaign, as I mentioned before in a previous episode, I talked about the smear campaign and how terrible it is. Well, narcissists are good manipulators and they are good at manipulating others and destroying someone by ruining their reputation and what they're going to do is they're going to go to the scapegoat's closest, friend, closest friends or close friends or even people they trust and they're going to want to uh at first initiate a really nice conversation and like show them how charming they are and how nice they are of course that's the luring stage that's the not the love bombing necessarily but that's the stage they're going to you know, appeal to someone and and um, you know attract them little by little, until they mention the subject about the mention the scapegoat and they're gonna ruin their image and they're gonna talk they're gonna basically talk badly about the scapegoat and even uh, use the first uh, way that I that I mentioned was which, which is tell lies about the scapegoat. A fifth way is that the scapegoat person becomes a subject of deep, bad, uh, strict judgment. In other words, everything or anything that a scapegoat does in the family context, in the workplace context, or in um, a friend's context is considered... Very much unappreciated this person is never good enough. they are you know they're just not appreciated for their efforts they are not um, they never get the applause they never get praised for their efforts they are subject of judgment any kind of um success they well i'm gonna i'm gonna actually talk about this later, um, more in depth. But as of now, I'm just going to mention this uh, briefly. They're going to take credit for the scapegoat's success and any, any fault or any flaw of the scapegoat that the scapegoat shows is a total, um, judgment. It's a huge judgment and a strict, um, rule of thumb set upon them a sixth way the narcissist may annoy basically the scapegoat is they might sabotage personal efforts for personal advantages so actually they sabotage the personal efforts of the scapegoat for the personal advantages of the narc in other words they will make sure that the efforts of the scapegoat are ruined they're not in appropriate order they're disor- they're disorganized they're missing some parts they're just tor- torn and just maybe even distorted and um this is done for personal interest and personal advantage. And they want to be to make sure that they are the ones behind the success of the scapegoat. They want to make sure that they are the ones getting things right and getting things done for the scapegoat. Because like I said earlier, the scapegoat is never really enough. Never really good enough. A seventh way, uh, the narcissist, you know... Um, diminishes the scapegoat would be that they would speak to the scapegoat in a way that forces them to follow they force the scapegoat to follow to abide by their rules and laws and they make them want to bow their heads down to the narcissist like they're just they consider themselves as gods you know and they do this for basically Gaining authority and maintaining their authority figure. If you if you don't do as they said, if you don't listen to what they have to tell you, if they don't if you don't listen to their advice, if you don't uh, listen to their opinions, you are basically an idiot. You're nothing but a schmuck that needs to be shut up and needs to follow their rules because these people know what they're talking about. These people are experts. How come you disagree with them? You're such a disgrace. Number eight, which is the final in his video. Um, And this is really a strong point that I'd like to focus on. And they often, or should I say all the time, basically, they compare the scapegoat to the golden person be it a golden child a golden friend a golden colleague a golden boss even whatever it takes they're just gonna always use this tool to make the scapegoat feel really bad about themselves because as i said earlier the way number five is that they're never good enough for the narcissist to begin with And what's even worse is that because of the judgment, because of the sabotage of personal efforts, because of the uh, smear campaign, because of all the previous ways that a narcissist scapegoats someone, is by comparison of them to others. Why not? Why not compare them to others? Why not show this person, this undeserving, unlovable person, what they really are? Why not show them how small they really are? Why not show them how useless they can be? Because they are simply little tools that I can manipulate as a narcissist, that I can use for my advantage. This person does not agree with me, I might as well compare him to others because I have nothing to lose in. because simply I can't. And because they have nothing to tell me, they can never really show any kind of disagreement with my authority because I am in charge in here. So I'm the one who's going to compare them to every single kind of good person out there to make them feel how i feel whenever they he or she rejects my idea because i am the narcissist and i'm supposed to compare them this is what a narcissist will think this is what a narcissist will do to make sure the scapegoated person feel small feel worthless and lose their their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. And I'm going to focus on this a little bit later because I'm going to also share a little bit um, more information about uh, so a few more videos that I watched that I'd like to, you know, ex- extract a few bullet points from and share with this uh on this episode here because i really have a lot to say about this and i'm gonna I'm, I'm probably gonna record um you know a few more episodes about the scapegoat because i have personally been a scapegoat in my family and i'm not even ashamed of saying this i might be terrified of the consequences i don't even know these people are sometimes unpredictable but i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say and it's because i'm a scapegoat myself that i'm gonna talk about this And I'm really gonna focus on what makes someone a scapegoat. Now we will be back shortly after this ad. All right, stay tuned. all right so that was the ad now back to this episode on the scapegoat um i've also um, watched another video that i'd like you to go to and watch yourself and hopefully maybe even subscribe to the channel and it's called discovering the narcissistic father and please don't take this person this matter into personal uh, matters but just be aware that i'm only doing this for educational purposes only Okay, I know I mentioned that I'm a scapegoat myself, I have been a scapegoat myself, but I'm not ashamed of acknowledging and studying what I am basically all my life. I've been confused of what's going on, and I haven't really known why this is going on, like, is this really a system that every single family in this world has, or is this something unusual that needs to be studied and needs to be observed in a neutral eye, and you know um deal with really extremely carefully and leave very safely and just very you know escape basically um so that's those were the questions that i've always had in my life and i just want to say that this is only for educational purposes only it's good to always know what you're dealing with because then you're going to know how to prevent it next time. Or at least if you're in it and you can't really prevent it, at least you know how to treat it. So back to the episode mainly, um, speaking, closing the parentheses basically and going back. Now, I encourage you to follow and subscribe to the channel Discovering the Narcissistic Father it's on YouTube. And I forgot the title of the video. I think it's, um, what is it? Um, the secret of the scapegoat. Okay, watch that video. It's really awesome. And now I'm gonna talk about a few things that she mentioned. And I'm gonna, you know, try to paraphrase what she said about You know, uh, narcissism and being a scapegoat in general. But here's what I got from this video. These are extremely informative videos that I really appreciate people publishing. And you're going to hopefully, hopefully you will learn something from this episode today. And I really appreciate you listening out there anywhere from the world. Okay, so um, she said that you are not randomly like um uh, you know put or created to be a scapegoat you are basically intentionally and specifically selected for this role you are the person who basically whatever kind of situation that disappoints the narcissistic family or rather parents you are the blame for the things that are out of control, out of your control, obviously. You are made to feel guilty over any kind of flaw or any kind of mistake or any kind of things that go out of the expected um, way of things in the family. You are always, always responsible for other family members or in general matters any members of any gathering be it uh you know at a workplace you're responsible you're responsible for the other colleagues or in a you know a, a group of friends at high school or whatever you're responsible for the other members now you're made to feel responsible i repeat for the other members you were not originally responsible for anybody else but yourself this is how they make you feel a scapegoat. Now, this doesn't happen once and just like that's it. This is a pattern of behavior. This is a system of uh, training that they uh, that they use against you to train you into becoming someone who always you know feels. You know, guilty over littlest things. Why? Because training you creates this identity in you. Training creates a habit, and the habit that you have is pretty much damaged. And when they do this, they do this in your childhood. The worst thing that can happen is when somebody's childhood is ruined if somebody's childhood is emotionally or worse physically ruined they're going to grow up to become helpless adults basically training you from since childhood to 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 um how do i say it? stick to the cycle all the time consistently um you are ex- you are expected to be the blame for things that are out of your control you are expected to feel guilty every time you disagree or you for some reason think for yourself and you think independently or whatever when you are made responsible for other family members or any other gathering for that matter you are You are basically growing up with a damaged identity, and that destroys your life, destroys your, your psyche, destroys your emotional health, mental health, and everything. Even your body is destroyed once you realize how bad this is. When you are in this position, you are expected to overdo the things you're doing or overachieve and overachieve to please is basically what these people are looking for what the narcissists are looking for what the narcissistic parents are looking for you are you you find yourself basically having to overachieve to please the narcissistic parents you are uh, overwhelmed with enormous amount of guilt because all you keep doing is just feeling guilty over what thing, what, what, what you did that was wrong, and you keep thinking about all the wrong things you did, and all you gotta, all you want to do is just fix, fix, fix. All you want to do is just, you know, feel really guilty and just, you know, wanting to 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 change yourself, to alter yourself, to hopefully make some changes. For the betterment of things, but then you'd feel guilty again, and it's just a whole other level of addiction over guilt. If it's actually basically a system of addiction of feeling guilty, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of whenever you are made to feel the blame, I mean, whenever you are made responsible for other members, for example, and you feel guilty for not showing up every time or just once in your lifetime you're just taking care of yourself and not really being responsible for others even if it's just for once you're feeling extremely guilty why because you have been trained to do this it's it's since your childhood you have been trained to do this you are basically like a computer who is storing viruses And you're not working functionally, functioning properly. This is stored in your subconscious mind. And this is is basically automatic in you. It becomes an automatic thing in your mind. Like once somebody is feeling displeased with something or um, there's a mistake or some sort of a flaw that's going on in the family or in the workplace or whatever instantly you feel like you should fix it it's your fault you're guilty over it you don't deserve to take care of yourself you don't have a self to take care of in the first place you should be looking out for somebody else's pleasure you should be looking out for somebody else's comfort their health their everything but you do not take care of yourself whatsoever and so you're easily and basically constantly stressed out and triggered over other people's discomfort because you are trained to look out for others needs and wants first before anything else and and neglect yours okay this is extremely dangerous and just so destroying to have to think about this but think about it you know just look at this and just conclude on your own like think of how tiring it is to be a people pleaser as a scapegoat it's extremely tiring and mentally draining to have to be in this role now basically you don't have time for yourself and you are extremely burnt out and worst part of it all is that you'd have no idea why or how this is happening because you're a child and you had no idea what what the fuck's going on so you're basically like in this system being blended you know with with all of the ingredients they're cooking you with and you have no idea what the fuck, why or how you're being cooked right there and baked into the disgusting cake you know so you as a scapegoat have traits you have traits uh the confusing part of the traits of a scapegoat is that they have traits that are good and bad at the same time a scapegoat is someone who is always seeking justice. All right, I'm going to talk about this in the next episode. So, I'm sorry for the, uh, you know, abrupt um, interruption of the episode, but I'd like to make sure that my episodes don't exceed the 30-minute ratio. So... I'm just going to talk about the traits because these the, tra- the traits actually are part of the good side of all of this and why the scapegoat is strong, basically. So, alright. Thank you very much for listening to this episode so far. I really appreciate your support, your listenership, your patience with me on each and every single episode. Thank you very much for uh, being loyal to my episodes and hopefully subscribing to my podcast, Self Evolution, regardless. I really, really appreciate if you just can support me on this podcast by paying either like... Uh, ninety nine cents per month, or five—I mean, four ninety nine cents per month, or even nine ninety nine cents dollars uh per month. That would be extremely um, good for the podcast. It'll help me engage more and upload more episodes for the podcast, and it'll also help me buy a better equipment to record a better quality of the podcast so that you guys can enjoy each and every single episode with a high quality audio and i might even able you know i might even be able to purchase a better uh, audio interface a better microphone a better you know equipment for the podcast and make it professional so if you're really into supporting this episode uh, this podcast please do i really appreciate your engagement with me perhaps in the future we will be able to organize events that will engage you guys and we will be having amazing times together we can support each other and help each other uh lift each other up basically spread awareness of this because people need to know what is going on i don't really think that um leaving things in in the dark is going to help anybody out there So sharing these kinds of episodes and, um, you know, contributing to this podcast and every single other podcast out there is extremely beneficial for both ends, uh, on your side and our, on, on the producer's side. So, yeah, um, all right, I'll be, I'll be, uh, waiting for your, um, support any kind of questions comments you know any anything you suggest is extremely welcomed and i will be waiting for you till the next episode all right this has been your host maram thank you very much for listening to self-evolution regardless and see you in the next episode so the episode has ended here and you can guess this is my goodbye speech (laughs) no just kidding i hope you found this episode insightful to some degree you can always like, comment, favorite, share, and even subscribe to this podcast here on Anchor or any other platform like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, and others. I would also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee if you'd like. If you have any topic, suggestion, question, or some kind of feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message on the Anchor uh webpage of the podcast. I will take care of it. To conclude, this was self-evolution regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Horma, and I will see you in the next episode.